Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. going man i know it's hard not to groove with that i know i like it you think i get tired of it after a while but i don't know it's good that's all i can say it's good good morning how you doing man good doing awesome are you are you really good i'm not (laughs) everything else is chasing the wind right yeah yeah this life is but a but a vapor, right? And sometimes I'm grateful for that. <laughs> I can't take too many vapors. <laughs> Wearing my baseball hat because on purpose. Uh, a bunch of bunch of millionaires are because they're not going to play baseball. Each other, so do what? I said because they're not going to play baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are they still? Um, they still at a standstill. Yeah, they're 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 fighting in fighting right now, talking about money, doing all the things. I don't really know all the details, but. All I know is there's no spring training and no baseball. Yeah, I, I heard it earlier this week, but I have been so busy that I have not paid any attention. But at the end of the day, man, it's baseball. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the. I, I'm getting into it more now that I get older. I guess I used to be to I was really young because my stepdad was into it, and, and now you're old and it's slow. It. We, I understand. We have a stadium like right right here. Uh, not very far from here, uh, Trop is Tropicana. Yeah, uh, Trop Field is here for the Tampa Bay Rays. There's still and a big for push. The biggest thing in Florida, it's an air-conditioned indoor stadium. How about that? Yeah, there's a big push so, here still for the for a Raleigh baseball team. There's a whole movement. Nine one nine baseball. Man. Is it big enough? No. Do they have a team? <laughs> yeah. Is the movement big enough for any baseball team right now? I don't think anybody's going to be. There's no, going to be a handful of people not. that are upset that games are canceled. But yeah, <laughs> they got a billion. They got a billion more games to play, so if they miss a few, it won't be a big deal. <laughs> it's true. There's still <laughs> 950 games in the season. So, <laughs> oh man, well, bro, let's go ahead and get started today. I'm going to read from. Uh, Psalm 145, I don't think I've read this one before, and if I have, you need to hear it again anyway. Uh, Psalm 145 says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now you're singing the song, aren't you? And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. That's about half of it. And I'll stop there. I mean, it just goes on, but, um, such a good passage, man, calling people to, 
to to praise God and to bless Him and tell everybody what what He's done. Tell the next mm-hmm. generation, from generation to generation, tell them the works that He's done, His mighty and awesome deeds. So, I mean, just su- such it. a good passage, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> yes, just go do it. If you do that, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, these these are things that you know, old Old Testament writer, of course, probably David wrote down as a reminder to his people they would sing these things, you know, yeah. kind of getting into what we're talking about today, as a reminder of how good God is, I don't think as a reminder to remain humble as, you know, before their Lord. And yeah, that's the point of it, is to bring us to that, bring us to that mindset. I love it. Yeah, the last verse says, My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh mm. bless his holy name forever and ever. So let no corrupt thing come from your mouth. <laughs> There's a whole lot about the mouth in the Bible, right? Because yeah, we can't stop running it as we, here we are. Because we can't stop. Do- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What you got, man? What's been speaking to you this week? Uh, nothing. It really wasn't centered around what, what our topic is today, but. Um, well, neither was mine. It's just night, what I've been reading. <laughs> yeah. Last night and, and throughout the week, as I was studying for our, our Bible lesson, um, we have a life group that meets by Zoom during the week, and we met last night. First uh, Timothy chapter two, one through four, and I've read this a hundred times, of course, but it, it kind of spoke to us a little bit as we mm-hmm. were talking about this. It says, "I urge you." This is a New Living Translation. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceable and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And then it goes on, it kind of continues there. Here's the neat thing that we came to last night. You've got authority figures that we know from the Bible we're supposed to pray for. Yeah. But why are we supposed to pray for them? Because there are no good, evil people that, that need to be corrected, right? And that's kind of how we look at it sometimes. Um, but it's so we, if you look at verse 2, so we can live peaceable and quiet lives. And why should we want to live peaceable and quiet lives? The main motivation is verse 3. This is good and pleases our God and Savior, who wants everyone to be saved. Yeah. And we, we kind of came to this. How many people do you know of via argument or via debate or consternation comes to know the Lord? Consternation. <laughs> consternation like that. I mean, how many people come to the Lord under those kind of circumstances? Nobody. In times of uh, godliness and peace and, you know, it's not for a selfish purpose. It's so we can live peaceable lives. Obviously, a ruler is not lording over us at that point for his peace and his calm. And it's so we can share the gospel and so we can lead others to, to know God. Not for a personal, hey, I just want to live a prosperous life, right? Yeah. It's so we are free to share the gospel. And that's what it always comes back down to. I just thought that was neat to, to kind of think about. Well, Scripture tells us that we pray for them because God has put them there, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We pray for those who are who are over us. And I was looking for the passage. I cannot, for the life of me, remember where it is. Um, but but God has told us to pray for uh, those that have been set over us as rulers because God has put them there. It's just like mm-hmm. Jesus standing before Pilate. You have no authority except what's been given you, right? Right. Um, so and a neat thought to think about, though, and it's not about because, of course, everyone who is maybe Republican conservative is going to say, oh, yeah, we should be praying for our current president. Yeah. Well, we should have prayed for our current, our last president, right? We should always pray for our president. For and not only that, his leader, his cabinet, his, all those people. Your governor, um, your mayor. I mean, whether you elect yeah. him or not, whether you voted for him or not, I mean, God's called right. us to, to do so. With the same kind of fervor, I think, not whether we, and, and I don't see any delineation there between whether we like this person or we don't like this person. Yeah. I didn't like There's either not. of our last two presidents, to be very transparent. I don't like this one too much, and I didn't like the last I, one at all. I can't tell you but the last president I actually really I know. liked. <laughs> I, I can. Actually, I like George W. Bush, but even before that, it was probably way back to Ronald Reagan. Maybe, Abraham You're Lincoln. not old enough to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember Abraham Reagan. Lincoln. <laughs> I like George Washington. That's a safe answer, That's right? the last president I liked and only liked him for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until he did something I didn't like. But, yeah, and, I, you know, it's not impending on whether I like them or whether I think they're doing, you know, we've talked about this before privately. I think there's a large amount of corruption. Where there's power and money, there's always corruption. Um, Well, that happens in the church. The reason we should be praying for these guys. So (laughs) we're not oppressed, right? So we're not beat down and we're not those kinds of things. But the point of it is to share the gospel, not to just live a prosperous life and and, and so forth. So I don't know. Yeah. So what's your motivation? So, you know, I'm working on this um, degree in discipleship and I have read more discipleship books in the last six weeks than I probably read uh-huh. in books in my entire life almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Certainly more than I've read in the 10 years prior since I got my uh, master's. But, uh, I mean, there's so much as I as I really dig in and read. There's so much where we miss the boat and discipleship. Um, particularly, I just wrote a paper on this that I'll turn in Monday. Um, particularly, prayer. You know, as you mm. bring that up, as you talk about praying for them, prayer, in a lot of ways, is synonymous with disciples, with disciple discipleship, yeah. being a disciple being a follower of Christ, all these things. Um, and and we neglect it so often, right? Yeah. You know, reading our, reading our Bible, yes, these are physical things that we do. These are external kind of things that we do, if you will. But, you know, we neglect these things because we say we, we don't have time or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have time not to do those things. And that's probably how to look at it. That, that's surely how to look at it. We don't have time not to do these things. This is what we should be doing, right? I, I mean, if you're growing in your relationship with Christ, everything else, you know, you're going to trust in his sovereignty. Everything else is going to fall into place, right? I mean, it's yeah. when trouble comes, it drives you even um, longer, if you will, on your knees, right? Should. Yeah. It should. Yeah. Um, but we're so self-reliant that discipleship i feel like we miss so much of discipleship because particularly as westerners as americans um we are so self-reliant we are we have been taught 
to be fiercely independent? And how many people do you know that have, as they have encountered trouble, have left the church? When what it should do is drive them right back to the church. Yeah. I just saw a stat the other day, LifeWay Research put out that uh, one in one in three has not returned to the church yet from pandemic. Oh, yeah, no doubt. COVID is. Yeah. Well, we but said uh, it before. It's, it's, it's exposed a, us. Right. It's not a fear. It, and you would think, well, maybe some people are still afraid. I'm sure it's probably a small percentage of it. But That's some. What this, yeah, what the research was around was they just don't see a need for church. It's yeah. It's out of their priority of needs and if they go at all they do it online so that they can wake up turn Mm -hmm. it on watch the sermon for 20 30 three hours however long your pastor preaches uh and Uh, 30 minutes he's he's around 30 40 minutes i'm just saying in general if you know we won't get on that topic you know uh i'm i'm like a 20 30 minute guy uh yeah. Much past that, I don't want well, to listen our to attention me anymore. Spans not, yeah, attention spans what twenty minutes? I mean, and when, when we do an hour podcast, we need, by the way, and we need yes, and we need a commercial in the middle of it, right? So yes, we can go we get another glass of water, tea, or whatever you're drinking. But um, it's it's just as I dig into this, I realize, and COVID has exposed us on this, where we have missed the boat. We've not made disciples. We have educated people but we've not made disciples. And uh, I think for a long time, we, we thought we were, we, like you said, educated. Yeah. We put the information out there, but what's the core? We, we have what's given the core ingredients of discipleship. We have given them knowledge, but they are not changed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this is a topic for the rest of the year. Um, we could probably talk about where the church has gone wrong and, and some things we could do to fix it. But um, one thing that is very clear is what we're doing is not working. Mm. And we continue to do the exact same thing. So mm. um, that's the definition of insanity, right? continue to do the same thing uh, expecting the epitome of, of insanity expecting I, different results yeah yeah well that's not what mm-hmm. we talked about today even that's though it does we- relate um because you know as we think about what it means to be transformed and we think about what it means as we gather together on sunday morning in worship and now today we're specifically talking about the singing portion of worship please hear me on this Worship mm-hmm. is not singing. Worship is all that we do when we come together to exalt Christ, exalt our God. Yeah. Um, singing is one portion of that. The praying is mm-hmm. a portion of that. The uh, proclamation of the word is a portion of that. The whole thing together is a worship service. But worship itself is not just singing. That's why yeah. the... Um, that's why the term worship leader, I think, is is incorrect, even though it's commonly used. But um, I, I don't, I don't know what else I'd call it. I mean, unless you go back to minister yeah. of music, right? I, I have, I have that title. Minister of music and worship is my is my title. Yeah, I never liked the minister of minister of music. Well, uh, minister of defense, minister of death, music pastor, music pastor would be fine in <laughs> in pastor, common terms, yeah. or just pastor. You know, a lot of a lot of churches are moving to just that call everybody an associate pastor, 
Right. Yeah. Right. I, that works. Yeah. But but I, I just want to get it out there as we as we kick off this this discussion on singing is that is not that is not worship. That is a piece of worship. Piece of worship. So um just like like as I said, prayer, fellowship, reading of God's word. Um yes, I said fellowship, uh proclamation of God's word together. Fellowship. Yeah, I mean that's that's a piece of it as we come together, as we enjoy being in one another's company, as as we are edified by that, right? That is a that is a piece. So, anyway, brother, I'm gonna let you kick it off. If you want to give a little bit of background on this, you can. Otherwise, just jump right in. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about singing today. Well, and why do we sing? So, what's the big hubbub? Because I like what's it. The, because I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, and then you get into. I find these topics very interesting because you go, of course, could we could go down the road of, of, of genre and like, likability. Sure. Do we like sure. this kind of music? Do we like that kind of music? We're not talking about that necessarily today, but I think it would behoove those people, behoove those people who make mainstay arguments about genres of music to take a look at why we sing to begin with. Mm. Um, the foundation of why we sing and, and obviously we're commanded to do so in scripture and we'll get into that, but it puts you for lack of a better term, it puts you in your place. It humbles you a bit to understand. Uh, we're not just singing because we like a song or we don't like a song or it's just our thing. Each generation, if you study church history uh, specifically is tailored with its own genres of types of music. Yep. And all of them, I think throughout history were used um, effectively, some non-effectively, uh, in worshiping God and in, in that portion of what we're talking about. So anyway, um, Scripture teaches us, and we're going to go to the Word today, so Scripture teaches us some uh, very essential things about what the gathered church should do, believers gathering together in worship. Uh, singing, first of all, like I mentioned, was explicitly uh, directed by God, mm-hmm. do this, Psalm 149, and I won't read all the things. i got like a whole big list of things here, but <laughs> Psalm 149, 1, praise the Lord, sing a new song to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Question, how do you sing a new song to God who knows all things? Mm-hmm. What is that talking about? And I'll answer if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I, I, it's, it's, it's when, and of course the Old Testament, there was you know faith in Christ. Abraham had faith in God and believed God, and that was counted to righteousness. New Testament, it's believing in faith and in the same way by the sacrifice of Christ. But it 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 denotes to me a new song is is there's some kind of shift that happened to where you're able to sing a new song. So believing in God, coming to faith in in for us today, coming to faith in Christ, there's a new song to sing. You could not sing if you were separated from God and and a non-believer. You could At least not in a genuine sense. Right. Not in a genuine sense. You could well You could physically we sing the too. music, but Right, right. But in um, a in a meaning, heart. heartfelt kind of singing. Yes. Yeah. So as a saved person, let's just rubber meets the road here. As a saved person, as a believer in God, a believer in Christ, um, I can sing a new song to the Lord. And I think that's what this is talking about, David here. And his praise mm-hmm. in the congregation of the godly ones. So that connects you with the community yep. of believers. So fantastic passage. 
uh, Psalm 22, 25, for you comes my praise in the great assembly. What assembly? Not some ominous cloud, you know, angel, whatever. It's it's the assembly of believers. Those well, you who just believe read it, God. the congregation of the godly ones, right? Yeah, yeah. So I shall pay my vows, and that's interesting to see in Psalm 22. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. In a way, singing connects us, I mean, to the all of it, if you want to call it the ball of wax, it connects us all up to all of that. But there's so much more in what we sing we're singing about the story of the gospel message, right? The death, the it's burial, testimony. the resurrection. Of, right. And it's a testimony. We're connecting and giving our vows to God, which leads me to think what we sing needs to be vitally important, but also from the heart it needs to be vitally important because we're vowing to God these things by singing. So that's interesting. But but, um, but we don't. A, we just sing words. <laughs> Well, it's got to be victory if, in Jesus, if right? If we sing it all, we not, just sing more. If it's not, I'll fly away. We're not doing it. In some cases, well, in, in other cases, it's if it's not contemporary music, we can't. We but can't you, do it, you right? know this very well, though. I mean, you look out on Sunday morning. There are people. It doesn't matter what you sing; they don't sing. No, no, and it's such a shame. I know you felt this, in in the in the pulpit as we're singing. And I don't want to get on feeling too much, but there's a sense of really connecting with the words that you're singing, and it kind of hits you, right? And that some yeah. people might run an aisle or shout or get really excitable. Ooh. Some people might, you know, demonstrate that in different ways. I, I tell my praise team all the time, I, I might just run the aisle with this song or something <laughs> or run down the middle because I just I, get so fired up about that. what God. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, would man. have a heart attack. I might have a heart attack. Where's it going? <laughs> Come back. So I got a, I got got a funny story. I got a funny story. Um, I think it was death was arrested. Uh-huh. No. Um, I ran out of the grave. I ran out yep. of that grave. Yep. Um, we were singing that glorious Sunday day. morning. And glorious day. Right before we got to that, I ran out of the grave. I shouted like I went, hey. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. <laughs> And I'm telling you, there was a few people in the front row that I, I saw them visibly jump <laughs> from the seat. So I've never done that again. Um, I still let one out every now and then. <laughs> That's so funny. funny. But, I, you know, we've got we've got some animated people in our church. Yeah. I'm sure you've got those, too. Um, yeah, it's I'm all there. good. But, oh, I am. I, I, I if nobody guys, else I'm is, like, I'm there. I got to calm down, you know, I got to be, be calm. They're like, no, don't worry, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so the last thing with this, God, God explicitly commanded this uh, to uh, for us to sing. Um, Bob Coughlin, uh, mm. Sovereign Grace, uh, guy, songwriter, um, music, worship pastor, whatever you want to call him, uh, he says that the Bible has over 400 indirect references to singing and at least 50 direct commands to sing. Mm. And always in the case of believers, uh, God's people, and always, most of the time, in the case of doing it together. Yeah. So it, it's no doubt that Scripture points this out. Now, notice we didn't read anything that said you have to be a good singer, or you have to have right. talent, or right. you have to be elevation, or you have to be you know whatever. Yeah. The point and the reason why we're singing is God's command. Yeah. His believers joining together in unity. So yeah, 
and unity unity is the key point there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as you, as you start to think about that, I mean, one of the things that I want as we continue down this path, you know, uh, singing has, has, um, let's just say two dimensions, if you will. There's probably, mm-hmm. we could probably, um, scratch out even more than that if we were to, to start to draw this out and really put some deep thought into it. But ultimately, we worship God, so we sing. It's got a, it's got that vertical dimension, right, where we sing to God. But don't forget yeah. that singing is not only that vertical dimension, but you've got a horizontal dimension, as you just said, yes. that unifies us, right? It's an edifying thing for the body as we sing. So as we... Um, I put it in notes here. I'll go ahead and say it. If you think about the song, Are You Washed in the Blood? Mm-hmm. Are you singing that to Jesus? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and that's that's a good example, though, of, you know, you're singing to, to exhort your brothers and sisters in Christ to follow his command, right? Are you washed in the yeah. blood? Have you been to Jesus for that healing power? It, it's a, it's an edification aspect of worship where we sing horizontally to our brothers and sisters who are around us. And, and there's, you know, we can attest to a lot of these kinds of things where, um, uh, where, where we sing. And as we hear the singing, look, you go to, you go back to think about the sing conference. They bust yeah. into a hymn and kill the instruments. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a better sound in this world than hearing oh, yeah. a room full of thousands of believers singing How Great Thou Art, for instance. Um, whatever, pick a song. I don't care what the song is, but when you hear the voices in unison, let me tell you what you don't pick out. You don't pick out the guy who's who's a quarter step flat on the tenor part. Yeah. <laughs> you don't pick out the guy who sang a wrong rhythm Who's not? Whose timing's not quite right? What you notice and what strikes you is just the glory of the moment, right? As we worship mm-hmm. our Savior together, voices going up in unison mm-hmm. as it brings the body together. What a beautiful picture of heaven, right? Yeah, and I would argue that surpasses genre because a lot of times we'll we'll stop and we'll sure. sing hymns like that, right? But sure. I mean, in my church, I've I've cut the the instrumentation instrumentalists and we've we've done contemporary songs yeah. or courses or, or yeah, whatever no doubt with the same effort yeah. and and it's it's so it's not a it's not tied to you have to do this with hymns only and we'll sure. we'll kind of hit that in a minute well i'm old school Washington man says. it's it's all hymns yeah oh yeah and i do it too i do it too <laughs> i'm an old man i've never stopped with um there's power in the blood but uh no <laughs> we do slow songs right? uh, you we could do slower songs. i could see that working yeah, I'll try it next you week. You could I'll probably you know. do it with anything. Yeah, and that's the—I think—that's the crafty, not crafty. That's the skill that should that a worship pastor leader should have. Right, is knowing when and how to apply those things together to get right. the room to to sing. Well, let's keep going, man. We're thirty minutes in. All right. Um. So we can we can kind of jump down our, our list here. Singing is a response, and I think one of the essentials to this is, is singing. We kind of tied this in already mm-hmm. is response to God and to God's word. Yep. I, um, I, I try to strike a balance with this because of this passage, Colossians three, yep. 16 through 17. Um, it, you have people on either, either end of the spectrum that say, 
We need to sing deep, deep hymns all the time that teach thick, rich theology, yep. which I have no opposition to. Yep. It's it's wonderful. But do you remember back in the day when we were at seminary? Remember when the Gettys were heavy on our on our campus, and it was like yeah, they still are. We were we were yeah, and and we were like the Getty spring off board for yep. for a lot. Of, I was in music then, and we were doing a lot of Getty stuff, and it was just. Without a mix of things, it was just like, whoa, you know, this is this is enough of this. It's it's really yeah. thick and it's really yeah. Yeah. so let me read Colossians three, six and sixteen, seventeen. It says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, with hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thanks uh, thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks for him to God the Father. Let's let's end this whole genre debate for a second. The primary purpose of what we're doing in singing is not about the genre of music, right? right. It's about response to God, response to his word. Yep. And it's even listed here that, that the writer gives us in Colossians, Psalms, which typically for the first century church was the Old Testament Psalms, the right? Psalms, yeah. So they would go back and sing those things. Yep. I wish we had I promise that you would. Oh, I know. Wouldn't it be well, we do, whatever. the Psalms. <laughs> we have in English, right? I wish we had the actual, yeah. Oh, that'd be, we'd worship it or something, you know, put it on a oh, case no somewhere. No doubt. But, so if you divide this out, what are these three things that Paul's talking about? Um, Psalms would be from the Old Testament book of the Psalms. And those, what are those? What, what does that include? Laments. Uh, yep, David did some bad things, and he was yep. lamenting the loss of his son. Yep. And those were sung um, as a reminder: don't go this way again. Don't do this yeah. again. There's joy. There's all. all it sorts runs of the emotional gamut. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hymns, which people point this out to me sometimes, and I'm like. It, it's not the same. First century church didn't do the same hymns that we, they didn't have victory right. in Jesus, right? Oh, they didn't. But Amazing grace. what the scripture is describing here is New Testament songs written to or about God and Christ or Christ. So written about God and mostly today written about what Christ has done for us in, in a, in a deep way. So we got hundreds of examples, thousands yeah. of examples of that yeah. and spiritual songs. This is what folks forget many times when they say, oh, well, that song is weak and and not very deep. It drives me nuts because what is I'll Fly Away? Is that a deep song? <laughs> but what does it do? What does I'll Fly Away do? It the, reminds us of what? The end times. One yeah, day we're going to be It reminds us up. that we yeah. have a hope. Yep. Christ is coming and we're going to, we're not really going to fly away, but I don't know if this will be caught up in the air. Yeah. Blink of an eye. That's not much flying, is it? Oh, it's still flying. It doesn't matter how fast (laughs) you do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But these spiritual songs are most likely sacred songs, more spontaneous in nature. And Bob Coughlin even called them heart songs. Yeah. So this is very applicable to the ones that are not so deep in theology, but remind us of a truth about God. Remind us of his love. Remind us of of being uh, together in Jesus, whatever the case may be. So there's room for Hillsong. There's room for, um, you know, Phil Wickham's songs, and and some of his are pretty deep. But there's room for these things, and I think a good healthy balance is key. Um, 
I don't. Did you want to say anything there? No, let's I, keep I going. That's it. good. You, you're, you're good, man. Keep going. You can, you can do the. Whole, I'll just. I'm gonna go get a drink of water. I'll be back. No. <laughs> no, go. I just. I, I, I'm like you. I get pretty passionate about this stuff. And I read an article from a pastor that I know uh, the other day, just laying waste to everything modern in music. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what a shame. There's the same people or the same type people did this in Martin Luther's day when they yeah. called Martin Luther's hymns uh, bar songs because they were used using a certain piece of instrumentation like a piano or an organ that was bar music, yeah. you know, to, and Martin Luther, um, Mighty Fortress is Our God is one of the deeper theological hymns that we have. So it's it's in every generation. And it's one of we the just, very few I, times we get to sing the word bulwark. Bulwark, yes. Bulwark. Look that up. I like the one with Ebenezer in it too. Oh, come that fount. Yeah. Stone of help. Come that fount. So I, I think it's just strategic and key to to think about that, not be so uh, dogmatic and extreme left and right on this issue. Uh, there is room that scripture allows us in that. Should we sing New Testament songs about Christ? Yes. Should we sing types of songs that are like, or actually sing the Psalms? Yes. Should we sing heart songs that kind of tap into our emotional uh, state in God and Christ? Yes, 100%. You know, what's wrong with singing about the joy of the Lord? Do you not have joy? Uh, does it have to be in a modal kind of four chord, you know, if certain It's not meter, a monk that, chant, man. I can't worship. Hmm, just don't get me started on this. So, so yeah, somebody's going to at me on this. Hey, send me a comment if you disagree with that. I'd love to talk with you. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's um, do. The one another's in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, within our church membership documents, um, we kind of outline the one another's and the many times in Scripture that one another applies to doing life together as Christians, as the body. Um, this This gives us a peek into this as well as far as singing. We're, we're commanded to sing with one another. Yeah. And you already mentioned this. And I think the one word that I would add that you, you put in there, um, it's a method of reminder, but it's also a method of accountability. Yep. Are you washed in the blood? You should not be able to sing that if you're not. And it should convict you in a, in a such a way. And I know scripture yep. is what convicts us, the Holy Spirit, but... It, it is a measure of accountability when a group of people sit in a room and say, are you washed in the blood? Yep. Have you been to the fountain? In other words, are you saved? Right. Yep. Um, tons of songs like that, that, that we can sing. Yep. D.A. Carson said this, um, every authentic adoration is instruction because it celebrates God's deeds, God's character, and expresses at the same time commitment to the God it celebrates. Yeah. Now, you know, D.A. Carson, man, is just, yeah, he's out there. Yeah, he's, he's good. way smarter than I am. Yep. But I think that's, I think that's good stuff, right? Well, that's, I um, mean, I think it's good. You know, he touches on it there. I mean, singing is instruction, right? It teaches us. Yeah. Right. Think about this. You know, we just talked about, as I read Psalm 145, great is the Lord and worthy of praise. I say mm -hmm. that line. And, and the song comes to mind. And you're, you're singing the song, right? So as we mm -hmm. think about that, you know, particularly that that quote from Carson is, you know, how many how many passages of scripture do you have memorized? 
like actually memorized, not just like a, a, a piece. You know, I've read this so many times I can say it, right? right. Not right. not just, but how many how many intentional passages do you have memorized? They don't, mm. just, just think about that number, right? Now, how many hymns can you sing at least the first and last verse of? Oh, man, I can sing all the hymns. But that's pretty much all of them, and 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 even in our context, even um, contemporary songs, right? Mm -hmm. We can sing them. We can sing the truths of those songs because music gives us that um, that as as D. A. Carson called it, instruction. It gives us a method to get scripture in, and thereby have scripture come out right. Yeah, um, I mean, because James Somebody tells us, you know, you can't. It's not what goes in, or um, I'm yeah. sorry, not James. Um, uh, no, James said that. No, J- James said you can't have salt water and fresh water from the same fount. Oh. Um, but but it's not what goes in. Jesus taught us it's not what goes in that defiles you. It's what comes out. Oh yeah, right. And so that's what I was going for. I, ma- I mashed up all of the passages all at once there. So. <laughs> But that's, okay. but that's, that's the idea, right? Is we get, we put that in so that that's what comes out. We put God's right. word in. So that's what comes out. Singing is a vehicle to do that. Right. You know, I was, I was convicted by a little bit by a person a long time ago that told me, um, challenging me on like new songs and presenting new songs. We love mm-hmm. to do new songs because we sing the same ones all the time, but there is a good method in repetition. Yeah. Um, or those who would say, "Why well, we got to sing this song all the time?" And I feel like that too sometimes. Oh yeah. Well, it depends the song. You know, it depends on what message it's communicating. Yeah. And I know there you got a basket of them, and I've got a basket of them. You know, there are go-to songs that you can pull out on Sunday that your congregation knows, and they raise the roof with it. You know, oh, because yeah. they know it and they know it well. Um, it's it's our job as worship pastors, leaders to communicate that with people and communicate why we're doing it that way. Right. Yeah. So press on brother. Well, my iCloud just shut down. So I'm back. (sighs) All right. There we go. I'm doing my notes online. Uh, All right. So God sings. We don't have to exasperate this one, but you know, God sings. Zephaniah 317 says God's God exalts over his people with loud singing. Mm-hmm. So in several other passages, uh, Hebrews 2.12, quoting Psalm 22, the Son of God is described as singing the Father's praise in the midst of the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Ephesians 5, talking about the Holy Spirit and its place there. God is a singing God, and many times we give a bad rap to um we go back to the beginning story with Satan before the fall and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the, what most people think would be the worship leader in heaven. And, and he failed. We forget sometimes that, that all of that originated from the creator, God. Yeah. Satan was a created being, not an eternal, never had a beginning yeah. being. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all of that originates from God. So if God's doing it, we definitely need to pay attention to it and do it. So for that, you know, I tell that person in church that folds their arms like this and, <laughs> and doesn't sing. 
I wonder, and this is just us, nobody else is listening, so it's just me and you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I speculate sometimes, where's the joy there Yeah. for a person who's like that? Now, I don't know the person's heart and mind and what's going on and, and things like that, but if the very God of the universe sings over us and sings alongside us, then we need to be doing that as well. Well, there's something that you um, that you said there, particularly in that Ephesians passage. Um, mm-hmm. says that uh, he inspires the songs within the heart of the believer, right? Uh, th- think about along the lines of when we don't know what to pray, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit yeah. intercedes on our behalf. So I, w- I want to make a little connection here. One of the things that uh, John Calvin said was that singing was akin to prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So so singing is a is essentially a prayer to a melody, right? It's a response to the work of the Spirit. And where does that song come from? Because we talked about spiritual songs, but even psalm, hymns, spirits, all of them, mm-hmm. I, I think, run this gamut because I, I, on this paper I just wrote, uh, Henry Turnbull or some some one of those guys I just read, I've been reading so much on prayer lately, I can't put it all together. <laughs> it may have been Murray. It was Tur- I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but basically right. said that every message, every testimony, every prayer, everything that we do has been given us by God to give back to him. Think along the lines of a stewardship kind of role here. You know, God has blessed us with um, a job, with the ability to care for our families. He's given us stewardship over his resources, right? Now, yeah. He allows us to live on that, but he also calls us to give that back, right? We we essentially are managers of our time, our money, all of these things. And, and in a similar fashion, we're stewards of the song that he's given us. Mm-hmm. We're stewards of all of that. So he's given us those, and it's our responsibility to pass them on and to give it back, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, as I was thinking about that, as you were just saying that, I had the Calvin deal in here, you know, but as I think about all of that, God's given us a song. It's up to us to give it back. So think of all of this in a stewardship kind of context, right? Think of Martin Luther, who echoed the same sentiment that music, uh, he didn't place it over the word of God, but he said, you know, just just under the word of God, music is something that's... Really, I'm paraphrasing, but incredibly useful and critical for the believer. Yep. Um, and we, it's one of the things, of course, Satan wants us to fight over. So, what do we fight over? Oh. Whether it's Southern gospel or whether it's hymns or whether it's, um, now, yep. now we've talked about on this podcast, how do we pick music and what is, what is good to use for the yep. congregation, what is not good to use for the congregation. Yep. All that applies. So let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and say it's only this type of genre of music that we can we can sing. Yep. Um, and that's all cultural, right? Times. Yeah, it, living hope. You, you cannot read that song and, and tell me just because it's contemporary. And I've had people actually tell me, "Well, that's a weak song. It's not very rich in theology." What more theology do you want? Yeah. <laughs> it's deep. Yeah. It you know, and I tell you where I learned this from. Well, one of the places, um, many, you know, my son was diagnosed with leukemia in 2014 yeah. and I took 
probably two weeks off because we were just kind of in the hospital. We we're doing all yeah. these things. Yep. And I came back that next, that week, the two weeks after I came back and led worship that Sunday. Do you want to know how fresh and a new 10,000 reasons was? Oh yeah, no doubt. Like I couldn't even get through it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. We sang, I know, I know the whole song list. Um, Blessed be your name. Oh, yeah. Blessed be your name. And it's an older song. Give and take Do you know how key that was with when I'm when I'm on the top, I praise the Lord, blessed be your name. And when I'm in the valley, blessed be your name. Yeah. I couldn't get through that song either. Yeah. So I hear people when they say, oh, this amazing grace is so special to me. And I love to listen to the hymns. But just realize it's generational and it's in this context. There are people today writing songs that are just, phenomenally deep and rich and they're just as equally good in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Brother, let's wrap this up, man. Yep. Nail that last one. Uh, singing enables us to remember and meditate on God's word. And I, I think the Deuteronomy 31 passage, and we could point to some others, but um, talking about Luther, um, it was said before I read the passage in, in the 16th century, it was said of Martin Luther by his contemporaries and the people that were saying he was a false prophet mm-hmm. and, and so forth, that Luther's people were singing themselves into his doctrine. <laughs> Trickeration. You, know, you can go to, to you know, let's go to the world stage and world history, you know, where you Hitler taking over, you know, Germany and, and, and trying to invade the world and things. What did he want to do? He wanted to get control of people's literature and their music. Yeah. Because he knew he could brainwash them this way. Yeah. So in a positive way, on the flip side of it, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. It enables us to remember our God and his word. Deuteronomy 31 says, Now write down for yourselves this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. Yep. This wasn't even a good song. Yeah. <laughs> this was a bad song. This was probably country music of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so this was country music right here. I almost here. said that earlier. Something, the, something bad happened. A tree was stolen in the backyard. He had a tractor. He stole and my God figs and my ox. <laughs> and my so ox is write it down. down. <laughs> Go, go. So it says, when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey and the land I promised on oath of the forefathers, and when they eat the fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them. God's already telling them what's oh, gonna, yeah. what they're going to do, yep. rejecting me and, and, and so forth and so on. And he wanted them to write this song and put it together as a testimony against them yep. before they even did anything that they were going to do. Isn't that something... So that's the power that that I think God has instilled in music or given us that mechanism to communicate. On the flip side, we can use that as such a good, I'll say force, such a good force in our church and in us our daily life. You know, we all have radios in the car, even though mine's Spotify now (laughs) and not the little silver discs that we put in. What? Records? But yeah, records, <laughs> CDs. Um, but dude, music music is so key and valuable, I think, to us. And we spend so much time arguing over the, the genre and over the things. We're missing the whole broader, bigger picture, 
I believe. So so singing enables us enables us to meditate and remember God's word. So think about it this way, you know, what you just said, it's it's akin to missing the forest for the trees, right? Yeah. Yeah. We get caught up arguing about what we prefer mm-hmm. instead of instead of really worshiping the one and focusing on the one that we should be worshiping, right? We get caught up worshiping the created rather than mm-hmm. the creator, right? If we start to go theological uh, discussion. You know what Israel did? Like they get freed from slavery oh, yeah. and they're marching across the, I'm sure it wasn't great. I'm sure it wasn't oh, great. No doubt. But they, they actually stopped at one point in time and said, why have you brought us here to die? It was so much better back in slavery where we was being beat and killed. <laughs> well, but we had garlic and <laughs> onions. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that I can and, identify and that, with. That's, but <laughs> that's what we are. That's what we're like sometimes, you know. That's what so, we're like all the time. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. But, man, that's good stuff today. I um, mm. I appreciate uh, appreciate you walking us through that. That's um, it's helpful, I think. I mean, because a lot of us we sing because that's what we do, right? Yeah, it's just it's just what we do. We sing, um, or even as as worship pastors, ministers, music, whatever whatever we're called, as we we talked about earlier, um, we we get caught up in stylistic things as much as we mm-hmm. try not to, and as much as we try to explain to our people and teach our people that it's not. It's not the style of the song you sing. It's it's what you are expressing to God that matters, right? And so mm-hmm. um, as much as we say that, I mean, that's going to be a battle that we probably argue until the day that we die. And then it'll be the same argument. It'll just be then, uh, well, what about contemporary of 2000, 2010, 2020, you know? Oh, dude, think what we're going to be arguing about in 25, 35 years. Well, what kind of music it I want to go back to Elevation. <laughs> Yeah, why can't we go back to elevation? That was much deeper than it was and whatever we got at that day. And some would say that's a slide. We're sliding down and it's all going downhill. And I am not one. Yeah, I am not a politician that's going to paint the terrible story to get everybody on my side to agree with me. Right. I'm not that kind of person. But I, I think we do that. We set up that straw man argument and try to debate that in that way. When if you just take a look over church history from Martin Luther on, how many times did genres of music change? Oh, and geez. we've had some of the, the greatest prophetic preaching, you know, I mean, God's moving and using those things. Yeah. If we just get out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> if we can't. We just get out of the way. We just want to go back to Egypt because it was better there. Yeah, we just want to go back to Egypt. Let's go back to what we used to do back in the day because that, that worked. Never mind we that forget. our taskmasters are much harsher. And yeah. yeah I, I want to, we said it last night at our Bible study. Hey, we, we want to go back to the sixties. You know, it's, it was good. Okay. 1968 was Vietnam. Yeah. There were more bombings going on and, and just like today, wars, rumors of wars. Yep. It wasn't great then. Probably not that great now. Focus on Christ. Yeah. Well, we get we confuse culture for uh, mm. Christ. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a maybe a little overstatement, but but at the end of the day, that's what happens, right? We confuse yeah. what we like with theology. Well, this is mm. what we did, and it worked. Well, did it because look at where we are now, 
Yeah, did it right. <laughs> I, I have no. I don't have a problem with songs. I, I really don't. But as you know, no, we, I don't either. We talked about discipleship yeah. and all that stuff. You know, these are the kinds of things I'm thinking about. You know, we we do these things and expect them to have a result, and they get the result we get. We're not happy with that, so we do it again. <laughs> like, I just at at 49, I refuse to be pulled into these these types of arguments anymore. This. Yeah. You got to be extreme left or right, and and I don't you mean to use the directional terms because I know what yeah. people think that might be, but yeah. I, I refuse to get pulled. I want to be pulled into what what God actually says, yeah. not what you say God says or yeah. the general mass movement of thought is in in my particular context. But anyway, well, man, let's talk we about that uh, on. Yes, yeah, and we're starting to beat that horse. So let's what are you doing uh, Sunday. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Let's talk about that? our set list. Yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah. I got them pulled yeah, up here. It. So we are starting with God So Loved, a little John 316 God action so there. I love that song. Yeah, I mean, it's straight from Scripture, that, and then you've got the yeah. doxology in it, right? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Uh, anyway, God So Loved, raise a hallelujah. Uh, Christ be Thank magnified. Uh, he is. Uh, that's a great one if you're not doing that one. Uh, Crowder I'm not song. doing that one. Yeah, Wonderful I counselor, prince of peace, author, protector of everything. I mean, look, it's scripture, right? <laughs> it's coming right mm-hmm. out. Um, it's watered down. It's watered uh, yep. down. And uh, we'll wrap up with uh, Redeemed uh, in that service. And then in my other one, <laughs> we got a little victory in Jesus. There you I, go. I know you love that. There you go. Pass Me Not. When's the last yeah, time you sang? I love that song. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, we're doing that Sunday. A couple of folks had not heard that one. I was a little surprised. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing Grace. Uh, we'll do that. We're wrapping up with Jesus Paid It All. Um, so that's what my and that's one of my favorite hymns too. Jesus paid it all. So uh, you know it's hard not to love it. Mm-hmm. So he did what we couldn't. So and we benefit. What a blessing! Yeah, we hallelujah! Greatly. Let's raise a hallelujah hey. with that. <laughs> raise a no, raise a hallelujah. You just got that. that. Go for <laughs> it, man. What you got? A uh, little old, little new. Uh, everlasting God dipping way back there. Straight I just I love that. Everlasting God. I mean, that's and I know straight it, out of Isaiah, right? Yeah, I know it's not the deepest, but I mean, Scripture goes into that as well and repeats constantly about His everlastingness. If that's not that's not a word. So yes, I will. <laughs> We're doing that one. Is it, who who is that? Had, is that the um. um da, da. Oh yes, I will. Well, I City of, is it City of Light? Uh, okay, that's not the right one then. No. Okay, I don't know that anyway, one. Anyway, good. I don't know. It. I, I have forgot. to look it up. <laughs> it's it's good. It's it's a it's just an affirming song yeah. of, of always being moving forward for God. Yeah. Uh, how great is our God? Of course, everybody on. Yeah. And if you're a Christian, you got to know that one. Are you doing how great they are uh, with it? No. Okay. Just. <laughs> Uh, following out with amazing grace, my chains are gone. Okay. Hey, man, you copying me. Yeah. I'm not doing chains are gone, but I am doing amazing grace. Copycat. Well, it's funny because I, I love the, the, it's this transition where you see, you start singing the amazing grace and, and, and those who like more hymns are, are all into it till it gets to the chorus and they're like, <laughs> oh, it's that one. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought but we were worshiping Jesus people, today. <laughs> I thought we were worshiping Jesus with a hymn this morning. It is, and Chris Thomas did a good job with that, combining hymns and choruses. So, yeah, I actually had um, one of my one of my tenors yesterday was in my office. We were working on a part for song on Sunday, and he brought up uh, one day 
um, mm. the Matt Redmond song. I had totally forgotten yeah. about that song, man. That's a great one. It's when we all yeah, get to heaven, to right? Um, yeah. I love that one. It's such such a beautiful song. Simple. Casting Crowns did it, didn't they? Uh, Redmond. Okay. I don't I, I don't think Casting, Casting Crowns did it. It's Matt Redmond. Um, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. song. I'll be pulling that one out. I got to go pick it's all that stuff the, up. It's the, from the, the old hymn, One Day, right? No. One day in heaven. No. Filled with his praises. It's when we all get to heaven. I just said that. Come on, man. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I'll look it up. Yeah. Moving on up. with life. Yep. I know the song you're talking about. It's That's not it. Yeah. Um, but that one, it, yes, that is connected with the hymn. The Casting Crown song is. Yeah. All but, right. Gotcha. But, but this Redmond song, One Day, is when we all get to heaven. That's the um, bridge, I guess, of the song. Heaven. Get to heaven. We all see Jesus. Uh, anyway. Oh, man, we just lost all our viewers. Oh, all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. They're all gone. <laughs> oh, man. Well, brother, thanks for thanks for jumping on and for sharing all that today. That's good work. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, appreciate you you kind of fleshing a lot of that out for us today. Um, I'm praying for you as you lead on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, pray for me because by the time uh, most people hear this on the podcast, uh, when it's released, I will be sitting in my first doctoral seminar. So, um, yay! God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. already registered for the next two quarters. Um, a whole lot of classes, a whole lot of books, and a whole lot of papers. <laughs> so, I'll wait for you. Uh, I'll wait for that text where you come out and say, "What in the world was I thinking?" Do you know? I'll tell you this, and then we'll be done. Do you know that I have to take college statistics? Oh, I have to go back and take college statistics. But here's the kicker. It's one day. Oh. A whole class. Wow. In one day. Wow. <laughs> and test that day? Uh, I don't know what what the testing schedule, what the read, I don't know what all that's going to look like, but. Gracious. A whole entire class in one day. You might as well be taking Greek 101 in one week or uh, one well, day. Well, you know, I took Hebrew syntax in two weeks. I remember that. I remember you doing that. You you about died. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Although I will say that was better than church history in three weeks. I had Doctor Hogg. I would much rather take for what history. Did church you? history. Mm-hmm. I had him for theology. Now that was that class kicked my tail. Man, Doctor Hogg was something else. He was a big church history fan. I love. He's Dr. the one that got Hogg. me to like church, like church history and yeah. and all that stuff. I love Doctor Hogg. I, I had him for theology. I took him out of order. I think I had him for theology three. Yeah. And, uh, man, his, his, uh, exams, you had, there was a three hour class period. You had all three hours. And if you quit writing early, you probably did not do well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I sat there the whole, the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I, I told it there. He had to force me to turn my paper in one one of those exams just because I, I, there was so much more I needed to write and just couldn't get in. But uh, anyway, brother, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for all your work. Appreciate you too, man. And I'm uh, praying for you this weekend as you lead. And for all of you that are listening, uh, we're praying for you as well. Um, certainly shoot us an email, uh, hit us up on our, uh, practically non-existent social channels, uh, info <laughs> at the complaint desk. I'm, I'm gonna work on that. Yeah. Well, it's my fault, man. It's, 
it's almost like uh, I don't have time to do anything. Uh, info at thecomplaintdesk.com, that email will come straight to us, and uh, we'd love to, to hear from you. Let us know how we can help you, how we can benefit you. But uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, praying for you all. hope you have a great uh, week, weekend, whenever you're hearing this, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Y'all have a great one.